gonna record. Just I'm just gonna go for it. Did you just what? Can you hear? Wait, record. What? Did you just go straight record? <laughs> Dude, what kind of shit is this? <laughs> Don't even let me prepare or anything. You're just like, and you're on. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a podcast. It's not live. I just wanted to, like, capture the magic. Oh, yeah, well, warn a bitch first. Jesus. Were you, were you peeing? No, did I sound like I was peeing? No, I just, I don't know. Oh. You seemed to, I just wanted everyone to know if you were. <laughs> okay, like, I'm hiding in the bathroom right now, trying to be really quiet. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Is, it, like, is everything Okay. <laughs> <laughs> blink, blink, blink twice if you need help. Do you need me to send a team? I know some people in Florida. No, I just like <laughs> uh, I, my husband's asleep and he's like, I have to be up at four. I'm like, well, I need to make a podcast right now. Can you not? <laughs> and there's no other room in my house. Can do it in the living room, but there's like a mega thunderstorm right now, so it'd be really loud. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a hurricane. Oh, uh, is everything okay? (laughs) (laughs) Really inappropriate (laughs) laughter. That was a soundtrack. It wasn't me. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, this is a podcast. This is a. (laughs) We're doing great over here. This is the anti-MLM podcast, which I guess sometimes when people push play, they don't know where they are or like maybe we're just on rotation or something and you need to get your bearings. Yes. Anyways. And we never tell you. We just go straight in. Yeah. We really like to keep everyone on your toes. Wow. So we're recording an intro because we did this amazing interview. and. um we thought it deserved a better intro and then now we're recording this. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, do you want to talk about it? (laughs) Sure. We had Katie. We did. A young loving hun. And she had some really great insights and told some really great fun facts. That wasn't really great. You know, young living and the mess that it made of her situation yeah it was a good time so we have that coming up for you after whatever this is and then we also do have a patreon which is cool or you know it is it's a thing whatever it is so um we did get our first two patrons today so bless (laughs) i hope bless you i I hope so. I hope it inspires them h- hugely. Do they get to rate it? Um, <laughs> well, I didn't think about that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think so. They could take away their money if they wanted. They can get their money back? Yeah, and then it tells you. And then it has like a little emotional support section about like what it's like to lose your first patron and stuff. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Well, there you go. Give us a dollar. If you don't like it, take it back, you know? <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck us! <laughs> so, all I'm saying is don't spend that money, Emma, because it might get taken away. Oh, God. Well, our goal was $2, or it, our goal was $3, and um, Mega Garbage and Bonafide helped us get to two dollars so i would say we're two-thirds of the way there yeah and that that's Over math half. that yeah that's that's good math mm-hmm. um okay is there anything else oh we should probably tell you where to find that see um if it were me i would probably go to patreon.com slash anti mlm pod and you'd probably be able to find it there and then we just have one level it's a dollar because we're what just deal we're so simple you know mm-hmm. we should have made it 99 cents oh god <laughs> it really would have like um had that like discount store vibe yeah we fucked up oh damn <laughs> fuck shit i'm really cussing well, right now <laughs> this is what happens when i come back from the gym i'm like fuck Sorry. Oh, yeah, I forgot you. Do you lift? Do you do you, do you lift? <laughs> yeah, bro. Do I you lift. lift bro? <laughs> That's so California of you. I miss lifting. Do Makes you? me sad. Did you? Yeah, lift? I really do. I did. Yeah. We used to go. We used to go to that twenty-four hour in Costa Mesa. Hmm. The old one, not the new one, and uh. That one was the best. The one in Huntington was kind of like old. Oh well, the one, the one in Huntington. There was this guy that was always there. That was like, uh, <laughs> just like slamming fucking hundred pound weights on the ground or something ridiculous. It was funny. Oh yeah, that's not a lot at Planet Fitness. Yeah, that's where I go. The little, the little. Uh, they probably closed that one down. Actually, God, everything good is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Like gender Sorry. reveals. <laughs> oh, uh, you guys. Okay, listen. Just real quick. It's only been six minutes. So this has been real short as far as our introductions go. So, okay. If you have something that is a pyrotechnic, whether or not it's for a baby thing, like a baby party, it can cause fires. <laughs> I don't, I just I don't know don't, why I'm laughing I, because it's really sad. I know, but like, pu- like it was 115 degrees that Who day. Who would even show up to a party that's 115 degrees? I'd be like, dude, I'm out. Sorry. Like, but this is, is it like inside the of air conditioning. It was like outside in the park in the in the mountains in the dry desert mountains, uh, and they were like, let's fucking shoot. I mean, uh, yeah, it hurts my body. I so, anyways, just. Gender, gender, you know, is a construct and you don't need to have parties and for everything and nobody cares about your Instagram anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we stop? just lost so many, <laughs> we lost so many podcaster listens for this, but. Oh, please. People who listen to this podcast, if they haven't left already, they're not going to leave at that. <laughs> I mean, 
Do people love their like baby parties? I know, but this. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> I know, but okay. <laughs> but it's but these fires are like it's burned like over ten thousand acres. <sighs> That's so like, terrible. And, yeah, and <sighs> I mean, look, I'm not a lawyer. I don't whatever. I don't know precedent and stuff. But I feel like. And I know it's an accident. I know that this must fucking suck, but like there has to be consequences for sucking. Right. You can't like, just claim like, I didn't know. Like you made know. a stupid decision. Yeah. Like that's not it. Like people have. Uh, mm. Anyways. Uh, Might have to edit all that out. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep it. It's a I texted all my friends and I was like, stop with the gender reveal. And they were like, what's the big deal? And I was like, well, have you seen this fire? <sighs> it's crazy. Like, okay, I'm just going to go back into it because like, I can't, but like the elaborate things that people are doing now, like for this whole gender reveal thing, it's crazy. Yeah. Everyone tries to like top like, everybody. out yeah like out gender everybody it's like it's so I, will, uh, I just i mean and the 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 person who had the first gender reveal that like made it popular has been anti-gender reveal for like years like she keeps screaming at people to stop because this keeps happening like this isn't the first time people have died or a, a fire has been started because of something like this and it just doesn't stop. Yeah, it's nuts. And like, I mean, you know, the whole gender issue and forcing that is just, I mean, that's a whole other issue that this podcast isn't about that, you know, has, there's so many things to say. Right. <sighs> well, was that depressing enough for everyone? <laughs> Do we want to just throw anything else real heavy at you? Stay tuned though because Katie is really great. Oh yeah, Hopefully she's, lose people she's the best. You will like her more than us, and she tells a wonderful story. So if you're sick of listening to us, you could just, you know, stop now and then enjoy Katie. And um, we love you. <laughs> yes. Is that it? Yeah. Is yeah. that what you're supposed to say to everyone that you, that you don't know? Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh. Okay. Yep. Okay, it's happening, and we're doing it. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Hello, Katie. Hi. Hello, Francine. Hello. Hello. Welcome. All right, so this we have is... a new voice in the background. This is Katie Weber today, um, and she's going to tell us a little, about, a little bit about herself, but she is a Young Living Hun. Former ex, yeah. Former, yeah. Former, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Didn't want to like call you that, but an ex hun from Young Living, and we're really excited to have her here because it's super interesting to me. I don't know about you, Emma, but I, I, I love the whole idea of this situation. I think it's such a good topic, especially with the unwell um, Netflix coming out. But um, Katie, you have yeah. a lot of you have a lot of projects. What are they? Businesses projects. Well, yeah. Um, well, and there are so many interesting parallels too. And I think one thing that really appealed to me when I 
first started listening to your podcast and why I had reached out to you was, you know, this, I feel like you have touched on so many of the parallels between multi-level marketing companies and the diet industry and just, you know, how they prey on like your need for community and your need and, and your self-worth issues. And there's just been so many crazy parallels, but uh, yeah, so my background is um, I actually was a journalist for many years and became a Weight Watchers leader and uh, lost a ton of weight with Weight Watchers and and thought it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me until it wasn't. And um, then I became an anti-diet activist and um, really started um, talking about health at every size and intuitive eating. And I work with, I'm a health coach now when I work with clients on kind of non-weight related methods of health and wellness. And so I wrote a book about my experience with Weight Watchers and kind of becoming, going from um, becoming a Weight Watchers leader to becoming an anti-diet activist. Um, So I have a book that you can find on Amazon. It's called Worth It, A Journey to Food and Body Freedom. Um, And I, my website is worthitwithkatie.com. You can find me on Instagram at worthitwithkatie. Uh, I also have a, a podcast as well called the hello body podcast that i do with a friend of mine who is a registered dietitian so you can check that out uh but i got involved with young living as well about a year and a half ago i was approached by like a mom friend you know um who sort of felt like she you know she was sort of like i feel like essential oils would really be part of your brand. Like it just feels like everything that you talk about with health and wellness, just this fits right in. And at the time I was sort of like, yeah, I guess I don't really like, I didn't know anything about essential oils. Uh, and I really was like, had an aversion to fragrance and just thought this whole, like I was just not into them at all. Uh, but you know, I was sort of like everybody I met who was with this with, was with young living. There was sort of this group of moms in my neighborhood who were all with young living and they were always like smiling and so happy and they just glowed. And so there was this part of me that was like, I want, I want some of that. I would also <laughs> like to, to glow. I'll um, have what she's having. That's like, right? it's the cult thing. Like I feel like cult people just glow. They like have mm-hmm. this little je ne sais quoi to kind of get you interested. You know, it's like, what's going on over there? Yeah. And your voice raises a couple octaves too. And it's funny because like now I go back and I look, listen to some of my videos and I'm like, my voice sounds like theirs when like, there's just this way of talking all the time. It's so (laughs) happy. Um, so that was how I, so I finally, after, you know, some prodding, I bought the starter kit because, you know, as they say with, at least with young living, and I'm assuming so many others since I've done anti-MLM research, you know, there's always like the starter kit. So with Young Living, there's a $165 starter kit that they sell to you. That's like, if, you know, it's, it's the best, it's $400 worth of products for only $165 and you get everything. And this is like, this is definitely what you want to get. And you're like, wow, that's really expensive for essential oils. But like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, I guess. And next thing you know, you've like forked over this money for this starter kit. And I didn't do anything with it for a long time. It just sort of sat there and I was like, I, you know, they smell nice, but I didn't see what the big deal was. And I remember like asking these women over and over again, like, what 
is the big deal? Like, why are you so obsessed with essential oils? I, I don't get it. And they would always say the same thing. They'd always be like, you just have to keep using them. You just have to keep using them. <laughs> and I always felt like, well, of course you're going to say that, like you're selling oils. But <laughs> like, like, what's you know? the function? Like, what is it? What am I supposed to do? Because that was kind of my thing with essential oils is that like, I knew they were popular and I knew people were into them, but I just didn't get it. I didn't understand what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Well, and like, I, I, feel don't, like, I don't get it. Exactly. And I didn't either, but there was always this sense of like, well, you're not going to get it unless you use them all the time. And then once you start using them all the time, you will understand and you will get it. And there was a sense uh, of, it was like very, like much like a religion where I was like, I yeah. know. Okay. I guess. Just believe. Yeah. yeah. And this sense of like, you really have to like commit um, and so the, you know, they were the, the way, the best way to commit was to do this monthly buy-in pro- program called essential rewards. And if you bought at least $50 worth of products every month, you would then be in this monthly rewards program and you would get all these like points back. And it was incredibly complicated, but it was, you know, really like always talked about, like, this is the best way to buy more oils. And I was sort of like, I don't know why I'm buying more. I'm not even using the ones I have. Oh my gosh, so you did but, it? Yeah, I, I, I felt, you know, I'm a sucker for like deals. And, you know, this <laughs> idea that like you get 20% back on everything you buy and then you get more free stuff. Uh, it's like, it's really enticing. So were you and at everyone that else point? is doing it. Oh, What's yeah. that? Sorry. No, I I was just saying, and everyone else is doing it. So you're like, okay, well, this is the way it's supposed to be done. This is the way I'll do it. I'm yeah. just going to follow suit and eventually I'll understand. Exactly. Totally and the sense that. of mystery, the sense of mystery of like, okay, well, maybe frankincense isn't doing it for me, but maybe next month's uh, special mm. oil will be the, the, the secret oil that finally makes everything clear to me. Shit. And so, and you know, and they're, they're really big on this idea of like the ditch and switch, like why buy products at Target when you can buy everything you need through Young Living and then you'll easily spend $50 a month because, you know, our detergent is $50 all by itself. <laughs> and, um, so you start so I would like start buying things like detergent and shampoo and soap and all of these additional products that they have all of which I can tell you are crap like for what you're paying it's kind of funny like how I would would try these products one after the other and be like yeah this is not good I'm going back to tide uh, because I really like I was never that big I never really bought into this whole like toxins are the devil idea with with their products I, were you, you know, selling I'm, it at that point? Or you no, at this point, I was like, uh, you know, when I first, I, and I think a lot of people go into it this way, which might be a little different, but, you know, because one thing that always appealed to me about Young Living and, and why I feel like I kind of fell for this was the fact that there was no sense of like, you never had to buy products to resell to anybody. You know, you never had a garage. I, I was never in danger of having a garage full of any products because I was really wary about that. Like I, my father, when I was a teenager, my father got laid off from his company when he was in his fifties and this was back in the nineties. And like, he had a stint where he started selling new skin. And I remember he flew, we lived in Canada, we lived in Toronto and he flew to Utah to go to some sort of new skin convention and came back with boxes of new skin products, which of course he never sold to anybody. Like I just remember always seeing new skin products around our house at this time of, and, and thinking he was just like, just thinking it was so sad and like, what if, you know, how much money he must've sunk into this. I was like, I was already anti 
network marketing and direct sales. But for some reason in my head, I felt like Young Living was different because you're not selling oils to people. You're just sort of, you're sort of talking about them. And if they happen to also want to buy oils, then you give them your reference number and you get a cut. You know, like I never really felt, and people would say to me, do you sell oils? And I would say, no, 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 I don't sell them. I just sort of, I get a commission if you happen to buy them. That's so sneaky, Which, the way that they... It's well, so creepy. Think, yeah, well, because that it's by design, I think, especially now because influencers and like ambassadors and just all these different words, it's they, network marketing and MLMs can kind of hide behind this facade of like, well, it's not really what we're doing. We're not taking advantage of people. We're just ambassadors or you're just an influencer for this company. And if other people like it, but what they don't tell you is like they're teaching you how to manipulate people to do all that stuff, you know? Absolutely. Ugh, well, they're, so yeah. And, you know, and they're like, we're selling, we're not selling products. We're selling a lifestyle. Like it was, there's a real emphasis on this idea of like, you need to look around and write down a list. So once I actually, let me just backtrack. So once I actually decided to sell and like actually work at this and commit to this and try to make money off of this was really this result of like, oh my God, I'm spending all this money every month on products and uh you know and and my upline would say to me like well wouldn't it be great if you earned back this money and i'd say yeah of course i want to earn back this money i feel like an idiot spending this much money on products um so yeah why don't i start trying to sell some starter kits to other people and getting them hooked as well and so there's this idea of like you want to make a list of 100 people that you have in your life that you really think need oils like that's how it was that's how it was couched it's like think of people in terms of who needs oils but really what you're doing is you're writing a list of 100 people that you think are suckers enough to also buy these starter kits you know i don't even know 100 people so i was i, like, was, I remember I, my jaw is on the floor at that number i'm like a hundred yeah i know well, like 50 I know. Well, I remember talking to uh, my upline and saying, you know, like I, because, you know, this idea of warm leads and cold leads and the warm leads are the, your family and friends and people who will probably throw you a bone because they love you and they want to support you slash feel bad for you. And so I was like, all right, I went through my five warm leads. Now what? And I remember my upline actually saying like, I should reach out to all of my husband's employer, like his his employee that was like one of the list of people I should start reaching out to I'm in my head I was like oh my god could you imagine if I started trying to reach out to my husband's employees um so I never made it I never got that far but you know there was a sense of like uh you know why don't you try recruiting people to buy these starter kits so that you can make some commission off of your off of the money that you are obliged to spend each month. And I didn't realize at the time that this is like an actual technique called closed inventory sales or something. Right. I mean, I remember when I, when I listened to the dream podcast and they talked about that, I was like, Oh my God, you're right. This idea that, you know, there aren't actual customers out there who are buying the oils, The only the vast majority of people who are buying these oils are women who are distributors who are obliged to buy these oils every month in order to make commissions. So like you have to spend a hundred dollars per month on products for yourself in order to even get any commissions off of any of your downline. So already you're out 1200 bucks a year 
just from the start. But the idea is like, of course, you're going to be buying these oils because you're addicted to them because they're so wonderful. But you're not addicted to them. You're addicted to like searching for this magical secret. Oh, my gosh. So that's on top of the fee of like the starter kit that you're buying. So you have to do you have to pay monthly or pay anything else to start besides the products that you're getting? Um, so yeah, so the $165 is the starter kit that makes you a a member of Young Living. And, and by being a member of Young Living, you, you are eligible to buy prices at wholesale as opposed to retail, but those are two just like arbitrary numbers. The wholesale prices are still three times more expensive than anything you would find anywhere else. But it's this idea that you've like bought into this monthly, this membership and that membership lasts a year. Uh, it's the, the real money, the real money to be made is, um, getting people to sign up for the monthly rewards and getting them to start spending $50 a month and then convincing them that they are spending so much money on oils that they really should start making money in this company. And, uh, that the, the product switching and like this, you know, spending the money you would at Target on, Young Living products is something that I saw all the time from the Young Living rep that ended up in my network through LuLaRoe. Um, I mean, I remember just all of her posts. So many posts being about that. And you saw it, I mean, especially like the minute anybody heard of coronavirus immediately, like how many posts did we see about Thieves Cleaner? It was like people were obsessed. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it's really just, it's it's not a good cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> but the peach like dishes, don't so, forget about the peach so- dishes. Oh, right. oh, God. Did you not see those? I mean, how could you even deny it? That post that had all the petri dishes in it said that like thieves worked better than what alcohol, bleach, um, and Clorox, peroxide, yeah, Clorox, any of the main cleaners. It was like nothing grew on the thieves petri dish. And I mean, it's called thieves, people. Like, you really, if only we could have seen. Right? (laughs) They just blatantly operate. (laughs) Yeah. Yikes. So that was, so I was involved um, for, I tried like in earnest for about eight months to make money. And of course, I I never made more money than I spent each month. And I had gotten to this point where I was really, you know, with whenever I don't, I'm sure this is with a lot of multi-level marketing companies, but it's like, not only are you feeling all this pressure to like really commit. And the only way you're going to make money is if you stick it out and it's going to, it might take you years, but you really need to lean into these bigger incomes and ignore the fact that 99% of people are making a dollar a year. But like, um, you know, there were all of these, suddenly my Facebook feed was filled with like all of these additional classes and courses you could take on like, here's the secret way to make money yes. through, through multi-level marketing. And so I was spending like hundreds of dollars on these like extra courses that were going to show me the secret to how I was going to make it to silver in six months and, and all of these ranks. And I just was like, oh my God, I feel like such a chump. Like not only am I not making any money, but I'm spending extra money on these fake courses that are going to teach me how to like build my Instagram audience and all of these ways that they're all just bullshit. And like, 
that's when I, I went onto a mom's group one day and I was just like, I don't know. I can't figure out how to make any money with this company. I feel like such a chump. I don't know what to do. And somebody in the mom's group was like, Oh, girlfriend, like you're in a, you're in an MLM. You need to, you need to get the hell out. And that was sort of this moment where I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? And that, and that person recommended the dream season one of the dream. And I, I listened to it. I like binge listened to it in like one night and, and, sort of felt like, Oh God, I re- I need to get out of there. Like I need to just cut my losses because they started talking about that sunk fallacy, which is like, I didn't make any money this month, but I know next month is going to be the month that I'm going to finally make money. And that was, you know, after listening to that, I just felt like such an idiot. It's like, I can't believe the, I've been doing this. The, the idea of sunk costs, I think is kind of we're nobody knows about it but it's like ingrained in us from just like consumerism that like once we have something we have to somehow like make it valuable but like we're we keep getting fed all this stuff so we have all this junk that really has no value but like we're told we have to like make it valuable and keep it for some reason and it's like you've already lost your money on it you can't get that money back you know there's just (laughs) cut your losses Please. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's helped but, that it's helped me get rid of a lot of junk just in general, like cleaning out my life, especially with like old LuLaRoe stuff and just like, you know what, like, I can be free if I just let that go. Uh, yeah. You know, like, well, I feel like LuLaRoe, it's, it's like, it's built into the model because you always end up with this, you know, you end up with these clothes that you haven't even chosen. Yeah. And so there's this sense of like, well, next, the next order is going to be the order where I make all this money, you know? Yes, <laughs> definitely. The next order is going to have all the unicorns. Yeah. It's all the unicorns. <laughs> it's going to be, be just great unicorn, unicorn, like nothing lines. else. <laughs> yeah. But Gosh. so all of this was happening. Like, I feel like all of this was happening and I didn't even, I mean, I was, I was so uncomfortable with just Gary Young, you know, like I felt that was the other thing. Like I did a lot of research into Gary Young. I read the New Yorker piece. Like somebody had told me about that. Somebody kept saying like, this guy is a crook. This guy's a fraud. He was a fake. He used to call himself Dr. Gary Young on his labels and he was never a doctor. And, you know, he, he killed his own baby. And there were like so many crazy stories swirling around Gary Young but by the time I had gotten into Young Living, Gary Young had passed away. And so I sort of didn't really have any real connection to him. I had never been to one of those crazy conventions where he comes in on a dog sled. And mm-hmm. um, and like I had asked my upline about him. I was like, you know, this guy seems like a, he's crazy. And, you know, what's the deal with him? And, and, and you know, it was told like, well, he was eccentric and, you know, anytime there's somebody who's an eccentric visionary, everybody, you know, big pharma always wants to talk about how they're crazy. And, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, they're always painted as being a, a crazy. And I was like, yeah, but he was a criminal. Like I just, I always sort of <laughs> struggled with that, but was willing was, to ignore it. Yeah. I was uh, going to ask how they portrayed that because um well yeah it's he's, so wild he's, that he's he i mean there's all these things about him that are openly known and uh, like when we were i was watching on well the woman like brings it up and i was like or man, i think that was on on well and i was like everyone knows about this and yet there's all these excuses that the company yeah. feeds you to be like but here's the answer that you can now feed to other people it's just wild because he yeah. reminded me a lot he reminded me a lot of Jim Jones, just like watching him 
right? and like oh having watched, God, yeah. yeah, having watched like Jonestown um, documentaries and stuff, I was like, oh, this guy oh. is, he's, yeah. I mean, just like narcissistic wildness. Absolutely. And his, oh um, and I kind of had separated myself from it because again, like I felt like I had downplayed it in my own head. And, and then this year, the convention, which, you know, everybody was planning on going to Utah and my upline was like, you have to go to Utah. And I was like, I'm not going, I live in New York. I was like, I'm not going to Utah. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but then when it became virtual because of COVID, I was like, well, I guess I can do the virtual version, which they still charge 75 bucks to each person. I can't believe I paid that much for this. Oh, pay that? Um, so I, I paid 75 bucks for this virtual convention. And that was like watching the opening ceremonies and stuff just on the computer. That was when my eyes were open to like, oh my God, this is still very much the cult of Gary Young. This company is all about Gary Young and Gary's vision and Gary's light and how he was so misunderstood. And, and that was, that was another, you know, I'm not, I don't buy in, I don't buy into any of the religious stuff either. That was another thing I was very uncomfortable with. I'm not religious at all. And, and yeah. young living is young living is one of the like more religious of the MLMs. I feel like I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that are as tied to like Ugh. God and the Bible and Christianity as young living. I, it's so I mean, hard they're all in I, Utah. But yeah, like, I know. I, I was going to say like LuLaRoe like is that. very much like that. Like, within the family like they do god i feel like god is just always celebrated like the christian god is always very celebrated in i don't know just like culture here in america in general mm -hmm. i guess you know and right. but like particularly in mlms because the you know i think it goes a lot together you know like just the believing in something and like wanting Absolutely. something bigger and all that, you know what I mean? But that's me also coming from a very non-religious viewpoint. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, and I respect everyone's decisions and all that. So I do too, but I, I also know that, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the blends that Gary came up with, he actually like would go out into the woods and then come back and say that God had told him Ugh, what this blend what? was supposed to be. And so he, you know, there was a, there was a lot of like divinely inspired stuff with claims not, uh, with, with Gary. Well, that's a fun I fact that I didn't know. Yeah. That's a really, that's a fact. Um, <laughs> I guess it, yeah, they didn't quote that as much like young living inspired they don't tell by God. That. They don't say like, that. Like what? Why, why did we know that? <laughs> <laughs> they don't want anyone to know that. I don't understand. Yeah. But come on. I guess it's more like it's someone like point. Gary Young using religion as a way to manipulate people. I, you know, I don't have a problem with religion cause I get it. And I have been religious a lot of my life, but, um, yeah, just the using it. I don't know. Cause how do you know what his intentions are ever or any of these people, you know, what do you know what they yeah. are actually, well, does he actually believe in this? Does he believe that God, did God talk to him in the forest, like in his reality? Yes. Yes. yes he, he actually is. believes this. That I mean, if you read, <laughs> Uh, he actually had con he had conversations with God for sure. God, God okay. told him right. what to well, do. So I love giving people the benefit of the doubt, and I love being proven wrong. So yeah, yeah. Um, 
but then, you know, it, when, once I realized how much this company was still tied to him and his vision, that was sort of when I realized, like, I can't trust anything <laughs> anyone says, you know, because this is all based on this one guy who has who has been a fraud and a liar for his whole life. Like, suddenly I was just like, I don't, you tell me these oils are pure. I don't know if they're pure. Like, I don't know anything about, I haven't done any research. Like, it just, it, I just was, I had to get out of there really quickly. Wow. That's really incredible. Yeah. But then, you know, and then uh, once I left in, so that that was like the mid June was the convention. And I just decided like, I have to step away right now. And, but that's, and that's when I started really like getting into anti MLM researching and listening to podcasts and, and reading articles and just like, like got deep down this rabbit hole of like, multi-level marketing, network marketing, and what, what freaking cults they all are. And then started realizing in myself, like, oh my God, like I'm in some kind of weird withdrawal. Like I'm having all these trust issues with people. I felt so humiliated. I suddenly realizing how many, you know, the few friendships I had, I had completely just like co-opted them and had only talked about oils for the last like year. And I just felt like such a tool and, (laughs) you know, just the, like going through all of that, I think is so lonely and something that people don't talk about and you can't talk publicly about it because if you do, then everybody's like, well, you're a hater and you don't support women in business and you're just bitter because you're a failure and um, didn't realize like how um, soul crushing this whole experience of getting out was going to be. My heart just feels for you so much because it's like, I just, it's, I've, I, everything you said, you know, it's just so I can understand it. It's just I know, oh. yeah, right. Like, and that's why I've been. It's been. I think it's really helpful to listen to each other's stories and realize how much, you know, this idea of like, no, you're not a failure. You got the hell out. Like, you are this. You are on the right side of history right now. <laughs> yes, yes. Like you having that realization and then having the strength to be like, oh, I let. I got too far in this. I'm too far. Like. And I can leave. I can make the decision to leave. I I somehow got here and it's okay. And it doesn't matter what happened. It's not my fault. I can leave. I think that's the important like decision. It's like I have the choice to now mm-hmm. cut those losses and like move on. But it's so hard. Yeah, all those things. Like you just kind of signed up because one of your friends thought it would help your cause. And now you're dealing with all these psychological issues of like shame and, you know, yeah. societal and- like... and and you know there was a there was a long period of time where they were my only they became my whole social stratus you know like every time you post anything on social media they all immediately like it and talk about it because they want to raise you know your visibility and yeah and so it was like all of a sudden and I was always on all these text chains and we were always communicating and having all of these like zoom meetups and stuff during Yeah. And, and so suddenly it was just like radio silence. And so now it's, it's almost like, I feel like I've lost all of my friendships because they were all like, I just woke up and was like, Oh God, I have to like rebuild my life right now. Um, just in terms of like, who do I even like, there's so many people that I don't, who do I talk to? And (laughs) and so many people that, well, and so many people that I realize must think I'm such an idiot because all I did was I'll talk to them about oils for the last year. 
Well, like, and that's no, one of the no. things that's really hard is like trying to break that stigma. And I, I think that like Francine and I talking on the show and going back and forth has been, I don't know if it's been helpful for anyone else, but it's been helpful, I think for me. And I think just our relationship personally is like, oh, wait, like you were thinking that about me the whole time. And I was scared to say that, but like, if I would have just said something, we could have been fine this whole time. You know, like Mm -hmm. being able to realize that and be like, okay, there's different ways to go about having these friendships because I think it's so hard. And I understand why everyone cuts MLM huns out of their lives because it's exhausting and hearing about it ad nauseum. But I think we got to like kind of find a middle ground, like try and have those hard conversations about boundaries and stuff because it's really lonely. And that's, I mean... In one way, I think it helped push me to rock bottom because I was so isolated. You know, like I don't know what else it would have taken for me to like wake up, you know, but it they, they try to isolate you in the first place. That's like the goal of the MLM because it's so culty, you know. And it's well, I like, don't know if you did you see that there was some young living higher up who had who had put. Uh, a, a statement out about the unwell episode that was like, don't watch the unwell episode because if you watch it, then you're going to increase the views and you're going to make it more available to other people in their Netflix algorithm. And, Ooh. and so they were basically telling people like, don't do any, re- don't do any like independent third party research about <laughs> young living um, or okay, essential I- oils of, av- you know, avoid anything that might be objectively speaking against us. And then, I didn't I think- see that. But that's LuLaRoe's tactic that they would always use with us. They would always say when news was coming out about a lawsuit, they would say, don't click on any articles because it will only boost it. Like verbatim what you just said was how they worded it. It's absolutely wild. I know, right? It's crazy. And then, so I think that's why I love the fact that so many journalists, you know, that these because because the anti-MLM community is made up so much of like ex-Huns because they're the ones who really get how predatory these companies are because of their first person experience. But they're also, they are angry at these companies and they're angry at the yeah. fact that this still exists and they want to help other people. So uh, because so much of the anti-MLM community is ex-Huns, I really like the fact that like unwell and the dream and like there's so many of these sort of third party journalists who are coming out and speaking up against MLMs and it's not just quote unquote bitter ex-huns who couldn't make it and couldn't make any money yeah but there's really, actually like it's like the opposite of a celebrity validating an MLM you know <laughs> it's right. like okay, now people are starting to take us seriously we've because like that other excuse you know you were saying people calling him Gary Young crazy or or I think that's what we were talking about but that's an excuse that people also use you know they just dismiss people as crazy when it's like it's easy to say oh that person is crazy because they were hurt by an MLM or they lost all their money or whatever and they have these problems but it's a different thing to be like oh, well, maybe the MLM drove them crazy. Maybe they are crazy because freaking they underwent psychological torture and they're trying to speak out about it and no one is listening. Right. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I feel. I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall and like trying to get people to understand that like what I'm saying is directly true. Like I'm not speaking in like euphemisms. Like the words I'm saying, I, I mean them. And people are like, mm, she must be like exaggerating. And it's like, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I know. 
Emma, you sound um, like you're gonna have another. Sorry, I get it's frustrated. March. <laughs> What's that? It's March. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just yelling at everyone. I get so angry. It's so frustrating because all these labels are used to like minimize people's experiences, and no one is actually listening to each other. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I I think that's also why it's important to keep the emphasis on criticizing the companies and not each mm-hmm. other. You know, I think we tend to get into that like, oh, your post is stupid and her, you know, like rather than tearing apart each individual hun as it's so easy yeah. to do, like really keep the focus on the fact that these companies have lawsuits against them and that they're run by crazy people and these are not visionaries, these are crooks. Yeah. Yeah, these are they're the descendants of con men and it's just how it's always been and society has changed and now the con has changed. I mean the con mm-hmm. men have to keep up with the times. So and I I love that I love personally that Deanne has like Deanne and Mark and LuLaRoe have like made that like a goal of like theirs to tell everyone that their history is like really big in entrepreneurship and all this stuff. And it's like, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you should be proud of all that. I don't know. I could be wrong. They remind me of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Oh, gosh. oh do you remember them from the, PTL? I, Is that before your time? I know the name, but I can't. They were on. It. weren't they on? Um, Tammy Faye Baker was they on. Were on. They were on PTL Network, and she always had like tons of makeup, and they were. She was always crying and having her makeup running. They would always do parodies on Saturday Night Live. But wasn't she on this was like, like um, the eighties? I looked. I just looked her up. Celebrity, yes. um, an ev- evangelist. Yeah, they were televangelists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a show that, oh. like, on MTV or something, where it had like celebrity. Um, I don't know, but I thought she was celebrity on one of those. Death match? Are you talking about no? Celebrity? Like, where they all put him in a house and then like made him go along, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure like. Ron, the that porno guy was in it. What was his name? Ron. Am I Ron like, Jeremy. Ron Jeremy. Yeah. What was that one? It was on VH1, I think. Uh, like Big Brother. It was kind of like that, but like the celebrity version. And I'm pretty sure Tammy Faye Baker was on it. I swear, I'm not making this up. This is like coming into the archives of my brain right now. Like it was. Okay, wait. I'm gonna look it up. Okay, look up Tammy Faye Baker VH1 shows. <laughs> Somebody was. On, I think it was like, um, celebrity. Is it? Am I? Am I imagining that? Okay, I'm gonna. Anyways, but they were sort of the that? original couple that were like, "We're so much in love, and God is telling us to do this, and don't listen to all the haters." And oh, and then it turned out that they were total frauds. Yikes! Speaking of like okay, fraud or whatever, I just have a question as far as like you talked about. Just you know, you have to keep using these oils, but. Um, about did they ever talk to you about like you know training on what how to use them or you know things that you could say about health claims or like the health side of it like where did you get all that information from or how did you well it's interesting because the you know there there's very much an emphasis on on um the fact that you have to be compliant you know you can't make any claims because big pharma and the fda don't like alternative health that was kind of how it was couched not the fact that like well no fda actually is regulating you because you can't make any false claims because that's how it works yeah <laughs> like it was a sense of like fda is out to get us because they don't understand how powerful essential oils are and um 
and and you know i think the it's it's actually like the more i think about this model the more i think about how great it is for young living to have like millions of uninformed distributors loose on the internet talking about how these oils cure cancer and these oils do this. And then Young Living can sit back and say, well, we're not claiming that. Like we're being compliant. Those people are just, they've gone rogue because then you can make all of these crazy claims and still get away with it. And Young Living doesn't look bad. You know, Young Living doesn't actually have to make these claims. So they just sort of, there's very much this sense of like, well, you can say things, just don't say them on the internet. You know, like when you're having a party and you're showing people these oils, you can say whatever you want about it curing Ebola and cancer and everything else. Oh, but don't, that's sick. You know, don't post about it on Facebook because of FDA regulations and you have to be okay. compliant. That makes sense. Because on that, on but, Unwell, like that lady was making like tons of health claims, like it cures diabetes or whatever, you know? And I was like, yeah, how is she saying yeah. that? But if, you know, if it's not well, recorded anywhere, then, you know, that's. Well, and oh, I and- personally, you know, because it, I always had to sort of research and do my, you know, I didn't have any miraculous reactions to anything. I mean, you know, I will say like, it, it just, one thing I, that they talk about, like in the very beginning of the Unwell episode, like, I think, I think essential oils are lovely, you know, they smell great. I think there really is something to be said about like nice, relaxing inhalation of lavender and, and the fact that like when you do smell essential oils, like that fragrance, that um, that scent will go directly to your limbic system. And that is connected to your hypothalamus and your creation of serotonin. Like, I think there really is something there, you know, is it going to cure cancer? No, of course not. But I think they're lovely. And I think it's really sad. I think, you know, I think that's why aromatherapists are also angry because they're like, here we are, you know, really using these products responsibly. And now these companies are sending out millions of of idiots who are just like, yeah, drink it, put it out and everything. And that's another thing. Yeah. I was doing some research before this on like the science of it. And I mean, there, there is science out there that does, you know, there are benefits to this. And so it's so hard to have, you know, aromatherapists have this thing where there is science and there is a way to use them in a way that's beneficial without being, (laughs) wild yeah and then you have these companies that are just like no rules i don't care about anything we just want money so we're gonna not care about anything yeah and and also not only that but you know i was always told that young living oils are the only ones that are you know 100 percent pure all other oils that you would buy at a health food store out there they're always you know you only actually have to have an oil you only have to have 5% of a bottle has to be essential oil. The rest of it could be any kind of carrier oil and you can still call it hundred percent pure, which I thought was interesting. And I could never corroborate that on the internet. I could never find any proof of that claim, but that was always sort of the claim that was given to me from my young living uplines that everybody else is lying. We're the only company that is hundred percent pure. And doTERRA is telling their people the exact same thing. doTERRA is the only one that's hundred percent pure. And and that was those were those moments where I was like, how can I believe anything you say, based on your lineage with Carrie Young? Like, uh, I'm always going to assume you're lying when you make these grandiose claims. And there's no there's really no way to prove it. I mean, aromatherapists will tell you that a bottle of oil 
should only be 5% pure essential oil. Otherwise, it could like burn your skin. Like all oils need to have some kind of carrier oil. Yes. So I'm, you know, it's, it is fascinating how Young Living like encourages you to just ignore any third party objective aromatherapist who's done their research. Just be like, oh yeah, no, no, no. They don't know what they're talking about. It's just so flippant. It's, yeah. I, uh, you know, there was a, there, somebody was somebody in 2016 did a YouTube video where they took cinnamon bark oil from Young Living and they had it independently tested. And they the testing company found that there were synthetic oils mixed in with the cinnamon bark bottle. And it's always referenced, like I find it, I hear it referenced a lot when people are talking about Young Living and how terrible it is. And they're like, yeah, the cinnamon bark in 2016. But like, I wish more people, I wish somebody would just take a bunch of oils and just like do the test, do like an updated version of some of their bottles. Cause I, I bet most of their oils have some sort of synthetic carrier oil because they're, you know, they've grown so quickly over the years. There's no way they can possibly keep Source up with the much. demand. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I think about these piles and piles of essential oil bottles that are being sent out every month to these distributors who think they have to buy them, you know, and are stocking up on them. Like, uh, where's all that coming from? Especially now. Right. Yeah. I know. Right. Uh, If all of their farms are in Africa and other continents, like there's got to be, there's got to be supply and demand issues. Yeah, there has to be issues unless they're just sitting on piles and piles of stock from, but I don't think, I don't know, LuLaRoe is very special in that regard. I don't know how much money people, I don't know how all that works, but I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. So many questions, no answers. None of it makes sense. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's intentionally complicated as with all of the, you know, even with the um what's it called the income distribution um yes lists you know they keep the compensation like they keep them ridiculously complicated with all of the ways in which you can get extra bonuses and extra commissions off of various legs and you know well and every month it's like a new contest you know like to sell four bottles of this and 13 bottles of this and then do a little dance and get your downline to do 14 times that. And it's like all of these challenges all the time. Yeah, that was, that was something that I never really thought about in the moment where, you know, that there was a lot of pressure to like this month, do as many sales as possible this month and you'll win a prize. And like how they really just try to get you to like put out of, put any doubt out of your mind to just focus on like selling as much as possible in a short period of time. Because otherwise, if you had a moment to think about how absurd this was, you would probably back out. Yes, that I think you hit the nail on the head with that. And I think that's goes along with a lot of things with like diet culture, too. And the intersection of so much that's going on right now is like, no one has time to think about anything because they're so busy doing all this other stuff that they're told they're supposed to be doing. If you have any time, if you have any time to think you're going to go, wait a second, this, this is not going to work. I'm not going to ever lose weight like this. I'm essential oils. Aren't going to cure my life. You know, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that, that girl or the woman who on unwell, the, I think she was the doTERRA one that had the brain tumor when she was 13 Mm -hmm. and the, 
family friend who, you know, just happened to introduce them to oils. They didn't tell the doctors about it. It was this huge secret. They didn't take chemotherapy or radiation and everything was just fine. And it's like, because you didn't tell your doctor, you have no idea if it was the oils. You just assume it was the oils. It was like some miracle. It could have just, could have just, you could have just gotten better. (laughs) But now this person at 13 year old is now an essential oil customer for life Mm -hmm. because she experienced this miracle just because some family friend was like, you ever thought about this? You know, it's just, you just don't know like that one little seed, you know, goes, it's like the butterfly effect is just going to set it, set her whole life in motion. I know. Absolutely. It's, and, and you get into this mindset of like anything, any success is attributed to the company. Any failure is attributed to yourself and you not working hard enough. And so it's like the perfect business model. Like I, and the same goes for the diet industry. I remember reading a a New York article when Oprah first bought Weight Watchers and they said, of course, she's going to buy this company. It's the perfect business model because when you are successful, you attribute it to Weight Watchers. When you are a failure, uh, when you're not successful, it's because of you. Nobody ever says the program didn't work. And, you know, I used to, re- I remember when I was a Weight Watchers leader, it would break my heart because people kept coming back over and over and over again. And they would always say, well, Weight Watchers is the only program that works for me. And I'm like, well, it's clearly not working for you if you're back for the sixth time. <laughs> right? um, but there's this sense that, you know, there's a sense that like it's personal failure. If, if, if you're, if it's not working for you, then you're just not doing something right. You haven't figured out how to work the program properly. And you're the one who's failing. Instead and it's the same thing in the companies with, with money making. It's like, you just haven't figured out, you haven't put enough effort in, you haven't worked hard enough, you haven't contacted the hundred people you were supposed to contact today, you haven't you know, whatever it was, you just weren't working hard enough. And yet at the same time, while they're telling you that you have to keep working hard and, and you're not working hard enough and that's why you're failing, there's also this sense of like, well, anyone can do this. It's super easy. You just, you know this money is at your fingertips and you're going to make this money eventually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. And you, and really like lean into these huge high, you know, to this, the six, six people in the company who are making more than 10 grand a year, you know, and say like, really like think about getting to that level. And yeah, it might take you five years. I'm like, in what company does it take you five years to even earn a living wage? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was seriously, absolutely sick. Like, I, and you're just like, I think about myself and like my experience with Ulro, and I think about the leaders that I wanted to be. I wanted to be just like them. And it's like, I was just trapped. I just was stuck in always wanting to be whatever it was they were telling me. And it's just, it makes me sick to think, you know, like no one, it's so hard to have that moment of thought of like, maybe it's not me. Maybe it is the system. Right. Like, it's so difficult to get to that point because it's not, and it's not just MLMs, these situations of like self-worth and, you know, assuming everything's your fault. I think that's built into a lot of things that like happen to just people in general nowadays, you know, it's kind of everywhere. And it's hard to kind of like break free from thinking that like, we're, we're always the problem, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I it's like I sh- mean, the shame cycles with religion and stuff too. Like that, I just like think about that too. You know, like if I if I sinned, it was my problem, my fault. But like Jesus could save me if I just prayed. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. I don't know. It's just like nothing makes sense to me anymore. <laughs> oh, I hear you. I know. And, and even social media, I think with the advent of social media too, there's this idea that like, you've got to, you know, you have to figure out the magic secret to get followers. And yes. there's some people who are literally on their Instagram stories all day long. And, and it's, I find it's surreal. Like I think, you know, like I, I remember when I was first became a health coach and I was just really like trying to build my brand and, and get followers. And I would be like, at the grocery store being like, Hey guys, I'm at the grocery store. And then this part of me would be like, what am I doing? Like (laughs) people don't need to know every detail of my life, but there are, you know, there are so many influencers who that's exactly what they do. Like they just live their entire life online for everyone else. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're not going to find the, you're not going to find the success. Just even if you are willing, because like I was willing, it. I don't know. There's just some. I I guess, and I'm not trying to say that all influencers have like lost their soul, but I definitely lost my soul like trying to do it. Because like you're just constantly trying to like think of what other people are going to connect with, not necessarily like what is happening to you. You know, like you're trying to. For me, at least, I guess I was trying to create this person that like. I thought other people would connect with because it being myself wasn't working, mm-hmm. you know, like they could just keep saying, be yourself, be yourself. And it's like, well, I'm not successful yet being myself. So like, how else am I going to fix this problem? What can I be that will maybe get me to be like everyone else that's successful? It's so twisted. And I see a lot of it with multi-level marketing too, where it's like they, they're encouraged to not even talk about the product that you need to sort of bait people by how great your life is. And those people are going to want to be like you. And then once they find out, you know, once you've baited them, then you can say, well, the answer is such and such product, this hair crap or makeup or whatever it is you're selling. But like you're, you you don't even talk about the product in the first place. You see that all the time. Yes. Yeah. You're that's spot on. It's exactly right. That's, be- hashtag because of LuLaRoe. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Do you think that there's other people in your, I don't know, team or what do you call them, like ladder, that didn't like the product as well? Do, is it like a known thing? Like, hey, these aren't working for me. Or do you just not talk about it? For the essential oils? Yeah. I, you know, I think, I think there's so much placebo when it comes to essential oils. I mean, I certainly, I wanted them to be life-changing for me. Like I really wanted that happiness, that carrot, you know, like I really wanted them to work for me and I really believed they were, you know, like I feel like it's really, um, I don't know what the word is like where you just, if, if it's placebo or, or there's something else where you just convince yourself that this is working And, you know, and, and I have nothing, you know, at the end of the day, everybody who was in my upline, all of these women who were introducing me to oils, who still have been using these oils and do everything with them. Like, I don't think that they intentionally think they're scamming anybody. I think they really believe this. And I think they really find that this stuff is life-changing and there's this real emphasis in the company too. I don't know if LuLaRoe was like this, but I noticed a lot when I was listening to the convention that they talk about, this is, we do this not for profit, but for purpose, you know, that this is not about sales. This is about 
getting oils in people's lives because oils are life changing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's like, it's very much like door to door, you know, um, religion. Like it's, it was this idea of like, if people just understood how life changing they were. And, and I think that, I think everybody really believes that these are life changing. And I think for me, it was really just this idea of like, well, maybe they aren't like I, what would happen if I just stepped away? And then I realized, oh yeah, they're not doing anything for me. But I really like was trying really hard because I felt like if I gave in, I would see, you know, I, I, someday it would be revealed to me. Like if you really believed. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's, it's, I feel like there's like a movie or something like maybe like Wizard of Oz or something where you don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain, but there's, you know, this idea that like, if you really, really believe hard enough, it will, it will, it'll be real for you. Uh, when you were describing that, I mean, I just kind of like this wave of like, I don't want to say this and have it sound weird, but like, I almost got nauseous because it is so similar to LuLaRoe. Like, it makes me sick how exactly similar the experiences are with these completely different companies. Because with LuLaRoe, it was the clothes change your life. Yeah. With the clothes. With the modesty and the way our clothes make you feel, it gives you this confidence and freedom now to, you know, really share that message that you found. You found all this freedom within the clothing. So now you can share that with everyone else. And that is the thing. And it's like, again, with beating my head against the wall, it's like, I just kept thinking that like, I hadn't figured out what it was yet. And I just felt like I was always one step away from truly understanding what LuLaRoe was all about. And you do all these like, uh, classes and courses and all the crap you're talking about earlier on Facebook, buying things and master classes. And it's like, you always feel like there's one more thing you could learn that will make it click. And the yeah. puzzle will be full and then you will be, uh, you know, $20,000 a month in ne- network marketing. Right. And and I oh. think, you know, and then again, is that idea of like, don't concentrate on the money, concentrate on changing lives, you know? And of course they don't want you to concentrate on the money because there is none. But like, yeah. it, it's very much like the emperor's new clothes, you know, this idea of like, well, everybody else is talking about how incredible these are. So I'm going to talk about how incredible they are too. And I think there, it's almost like, that's where that fanaticism comes of like, oh my God, buttery leggings, like they're life changing. Like nobody talks about stuff that way. Nobody talks about, you know, products that you would get anywhere else with that kind of like insane fanaticism. Yeah. And have I told you about these? You know, like I've never, I've never, you know, met somebody on the street and be like, oh my God, I have to tell you about the the, the gas station I go to, it's so amazing. Like nobody please, talks about that stuff. Please touch my legs. Please touch right? them. My clothes are so soft. Will you just touch them? Like that was always the weirdest thing as people would join LuLaRoe and be like, I never wanted anyone to touch me, but now I just want everyone to touch me. And it's like, no, stop. Stop that right now. Put your legs inside the car. Nobody wants to touch them. Like this is a thing that happened people would talk about all the time how they were just making people touch their legs and like, oh, you have to, like 
oh your shirt is nice oh thank you it's leggings material here let me here touch it oh my god like oh that's like such a flashback memory of you going live and holding up things and you're like oh my god if you could just touch this this one is legging material it's so soft and you'd like rub it on your whatever like this is yeah rub these clothes all over my body like buy these clothes that i'm rubbing on my body they're so soft material alert (laughs) What do you uh, think make what do you think makes people feel like so orgasmic about these products? Do you think it it has something to do with the fact that you're like I don't if I lean in enough maybe <laughs> I'll understand it? Like why do why do all of us when we're deep into the selling like talk about these products like they're ridiculous like like they're unbelievable. Like they yeah. I, um, I don't know if it's like a combination of like being taught how to sell, you know, because like, there is a certain aspect, you know, like to selling. And that's the the hardest thing that I have with this podcast, to be honest, is like, I don't want to sell anything anymore, because I saw how ridiculous LuLaRoe made me. And I don't know how to like, be genuine and saying like, hey, this is something I'm excited about. Because if I do that, is it gonna be like, everyone thinks it's the same as it was with LuLaRoe? It's like so Mm. hard. Yeah, you know, I it's, know. it's yeah, hard. Absolutely. It's hard to navigate because they they take this. They t- I think this goes with so many ideas. And Francine and I have these back and forth a lot. I think when I'll say something like intentional, and it's like just because MLMs have like ruined these words and these ideas, it doesn't make them like not true. We just have to kind of like dig around and say like whatever the MLM is selling you isn't the answer. There might be something there, but you have to figure out what all the bullshit is like take away everything that they're trying to sell you and like what's actually there because I've had that experience after coming out of the MLM it's like I because I really did lean in I wanted to believe I wanted this to be my thing I wanted to be LuLaRoe for life like I wanted to make all my money and buy my house and all that crap that I wanted. I but wanted you also it to wanted to like wear all of the products like your whole wardrobe yeah I was chain, obsessed and you loved you loved it like you you I did so it's like we literally went from making fun of the clothes one week to the next week being like, these are cute. We need to wear them. We need to buy them. So I – Yes, like, because what I, is that? Like is it – like, They got to you. They, it, they like, did. Yeah. Well, there's, there's something – I feel like for me specifically, and, you know, I, I slip into like second person a lot, but like I try really hard to speak from my experience. I'm trying to get practice that better. But like for me, it was like it, it was just the flavor of the week. LuLaRoe was just – I was always doing that with things and LuLaRoe just happened to be a very destructive thing that I picked. But like before that it was alcohol or gambling or makeup or whatever I was addicted to that might've been, you know, societally acceptable or not. Um, The next thing for me just happened to be LuLaRoe. And And I I think also one one thing I've always liked that you talk about, Emma is is this idea that there's like this incredibly welcoming, friendly community of women that we all long for, you know? And yes. suddenly there it was. And that sense of like like so many times when you look at like times in our past growing up that we like long for community and we get sucked into these things. And this is like that on steroid. I mean, this is like, oh my God, you have 50 new best friends instantly. And it's really yeah. intoxicating. And none of them are going to tell you that you're wrong ever. It's like that relationship that you have, that enabling friend who like, no matter what you do, like 
no one's going to be like, hey, actually, maybe that isn't the best way to go about things mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah. maybe not rational. It's like everyone all of a sudden is like, this is the best decision. They're all in it together. No one is saying like, hey, maybe this is wrong because you're yeah. all trying to believe in the same thing. And it's fucking a cult. Like it is. <laughs> it's terrifying. Well- it is. And I think it can also be really like doubly depressing too when you get to that moment where you're like, well, you realize you were really just wanted to be liked, you know? And that's sort of vulnerable and sad, especially as an adult, that you're still yeah. that we can still be so needy for affection and, and acceptance in other people, yeah. you know, because you feel like, oh, you should be beyond that and you should be above that. Once you realize, like, I, a lot of what I did was just because I wanted these people to like me. And I feel like that's just right. sad on well, its I own think, level. I think we're taught, you know, that validation is bad. You know, like, we're always taught, like, only you can, like, validate yourself. But we do need some sort of validation from other people just to, like, know, like, that we are okay. Or like, for me, at least that I'm like real, like I, that's like, you know, goes along with like my long-term like trauma stuff. Like I have issues like understanding that I'm real. So like, if I don't get some sort of validation in like any way, it's, I lose my grounding. So it's like, it's like that balance of finding where like, what validation do I need? And what is toxic? you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so then, so, and so now it's interesting to see the parallels with like promoting a podcast and like, yes. how, where does it fall in with that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's like, I'm just kind of trying to like, I I'm seeing all these things for the very first time in my life on like all levels. And it's overwhelming because it's like, okay, now I'm dealing with not only did I have all this trauma that I had never dealt with before. Now I also have LuLaRoe on top of all that. <laughs> And it's like, it's kind of cool because it all correlates and it makes it easy for me to see how they all intersect because it's like, I'm just dealing with it all at the same time. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's so much. One thing I've been trying to do with our, because our podcast just started, we only have three episodes and like, I've been really adamant about like, I'm not putting any money into this. Like, you know, because I feel like you get sucked into this idea of like, well, if I buy the $100 microphone, then people are going to want to listen to my podcast. And if I buy, you know, advertise, like you always sort of in the past, I've always been like sucked into this idea of like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not successful unless I buy this extra program or if I do this extra thing. And I was like, you don't make money. You got to spend money to make money and all that. And this one, I'm just being like, nope, I am not putting a dime in this. If, if anybody wants to buy me a microphone, great. But <laughs> yeah, I noticed that at like, um, like when they try to recruit you, and they're like, if you were to start your own business, you'd have to put thousands of dollars in it. Like that's just standard. But if you start a business here, it's only going to be a an entry pack of 165 dollars or whatever. So like that's such a mm-hmm. that's such a thing that they do. I've I've seen that time and time again. Like where it's assumed if you're going to start a business or start something, it's going to be this huge expense. And there's like it's not though. Like you know, mm-hmm. some people Absolutely. don't. Do that. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it's so criminal when they are. You know, when you see people who are just so desperate to like contribute to the household income and really just want to help. You know, get money fast that they that they portray this as like a super easy, you know, low um, investment way to make money. And it's the exact opposite. Yeah. And it's also, I see this a lot too, that idea of starting a business, you know, everyone's trying to create a business that they think other people want, right? Because that's 
how you get that's how you get success in capitalism but like then you're thinking about all the wrong things and it's like when we started this podcast you know i was still in that mindset it was like okay how do i make this podcast that i know is really important to me but how do i do it in a way that is important to me without letting all that extra noise get in it's just so hard to start from a place of you know real authentic you know action when everyone else is telling you to do all these other things to get your business started it's like you need to actually care about what you're doing if you want to be successful because all that other crap's going to come at you and it's going to be really hard and then you're not going to have any idea what you're doing because you just listen to everyone else the entire time so i think it's great i mean that's kind of how we started this podcast it's just kind of like hey do what you need to do and then it'll come there's why fight it you know right yeah Well, we still I'm really haven't. Good at we, tangents. Uh, <laughs> well, I just wanted to. I just wanted to say, I, when I rewatched the Unwell episode, because like my favorite part of this episode is Doctor Z and Mama Z. Oh my oh, god! Yes, and like they're so. But one thing I didn't notice the first time I watched it, and, and noticed the second time I watched it, was when you first see Doctor Z going over to his kids. They're like driving these little remote control cars and like they're in the cars and he comes over to them to spray peppermint at them (laughs) his one son covers his face and he looks he's like no that kid has so many good faces like i i paused it and posted one of the screenshots on twitter that kid's face is epic throughout that whole situation if you look at him right yeah he's like my parents are nuts I know. You're like, blink twice, Elijah, if you want us to come save you. <laughs> yes. Right. So that funny, poor that child. That the whole experience, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, these poor kids are just like so over all these oils being sprayed at them. And they're like yeah. eating them. Oh, oh I can't. But can anyone, um, explain, okay. can, can anyone explain to me why Mama Z goes to church with her crown and sash? That seems to be like the greatest mystery of all to me. I literally texted Emma that and I was like, what is happening? Is that just like for the show or she just needs everybody to know it? That whole, I I don't, yeah, I don't personally know any pageantry women. So I don't know. Is that like something you do? Do you wear your crown and if they have like an event, not that I'm like a pageant expert, but I one time wasn't a pageant and I lost, but (laughs) I did one time. Me too. You were in a pageant? <laughs> I mean, I was like a baby child. I was like baby child pageant, not any like No, I was like 12 teen, and I, I told don't my remember mom anything. I was like, "Mom, I want to be a I want to be a beauty queen." And she was like, "Um, I don't think you do." And I was like, "No, mom, I really do." And she's like, "Okay." <laughs> and so I did it one year and like you were supposed to go to like practice and they taught you how to walk and answer questions and stuff, but like I also played soccer and so I never went. And then I just, when it was like time to like do the pageant, I just ran up on stage and they were like asking me interview questions and it was like horrifying. I was 12 and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how to answer these questions, but. That is an epic story. Yes. But one of my friends, she won. And so whenever they had like events or sponsored like throughout the town, she would have to come in her crown and sash. So. Yeah, it's like a like, duty. Yeah. It's like a well, thing. That, yeah, that makes sense. If you're at like a mall appearance, you would wear it. But I, 
I just but that, maybe so that's what she was doing. Work. She was like, hey, there's this event where I'm going to be on TV. <laughs> so, so <laughs> okay. I do want to point out that I did find a very recent press release on Dr. Z's blog concerning the Unwell show and how it was portrayed. Um, and maybe Francine and I will dig into this a little bit and add a little clip at the end or something. Um, but he is very upset <laughs> Dr. Z is not happy with Unwell because they he feels like they duped him because mm-hmm. they they told him that he was going to be, you know, portrayed on the show like in both lights. You know, they were going to see the pros and cons of essential oil and the business and all that. And he just feels like very attacked. And he, the press release or their blog or whatever is just the funniest thing I've ever seen. There's like there's a table of contents one of the table of content entries is sincere apology. So it's labeled as such. So everyone knows that it's sincere. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just a whole, he's very upset. And I rewatched his pro, his part again. And I was like, he's literally telling everyone that the reason they don't sell essential oils is because it's illegal to make health claims if you sell essential oils. So they just said, fuck it. I'm not going to sell them. I'm just going to make all the health claims and not sell them. Yeah. So like their entire business is like lying to people (laughs) under a loophole. Like it's absolutely bananas. Yeah. Yeah. I still can't believe they make that much money just from... Yeah. Selling classes. Yeah. Um, Blogging and YouTube and money and from ads is like... I. The whole I can't wait until like the blogging empire is kind of like people do some deep dives into what's going on over there because like I feel like a lot of people made a lot of money and like had no idea what they were doing when like all of this like boomed at you know like Rachel Hollis it's like this poor girl just like got so rich and now is like the face of something and I really think that that's what's happening with her is that like she's just contractually contractually obligated to like do all this stuff because now she's making money for people as, as herself. Mm-hmm. So now she can't stop doing that. And I wonder just like how many other people are like that. And I mean, I could be wrong. This is just totally my opinion. Please don't everyone listening don't like, you know, I'm not preaching anything. I'm, I'm just saying it's my opinion because I know how it works when you're, well, yeah, she, her business model is that she's the product, so she has she's to the keep product, being so the like, product. Yes, like people are buying she can't her. change that. Yes, like okay, I have started watching Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce at Francine's. Um, <laughs> is that not the same <laughs> life? Is that not the same story though? Yes. How crazy is that? It is it's so her. interesting to me. Somebody it's, knew Rachel like, Hollis's deep dark secrets, and they wrote a whole show about her. That's what happened. <laughs> And like future predictions. It's probably Shonda Rhimes because Shonda Rhimes also knows everybody's deep dark secrets and she writes shows and then things happen. Isn't that wild? <laughs> but yeah, Shonda. but it just makes me think about all these things about like all these people who are like now a brand, you know, society has turned the people into the brands like it, on purpose. It's just the way that we have like evolved and where we're finding ourselves right now. And it's like people are still blaming the influencers and the people when like, yes, I, you know, personal responsibility and all that. But like, there's something bigger that's driving these people to do this. You know, we wouldn't have become this if this wasn't the way that 
we are supposed to be acting, if that makes any sense to anybody. It does feel like the bubble's going to burst at some point. <clears throat> yeah, I feel Although, like you know, it my is. Kids, my kids aspire to be YouTube influencers, and I'm basically like, you know, there's a part of me that's like, don't be ridiculous. And then there's another part of, the sweet, a part of me that's like, that's where the money is. Go for it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, can I get a couple Ryans? Right. Toy, toy got, I want a couple Ryans in my house, and like, hopefully that'll blow up, and then I'll be rich. Right? Because that can make sense. But see, it's like being able to raise them in a way that says like don't manipulate and (laughs) i don't but it's like then is there any ethical consumption under capitalism no so you know we're just stuck in this i just this is where we are i feel like that like the buck's gonna drop like i don't know where all this money is coming from from youtube but like they changed their guidelines a while ago for like how you make money and so before it was a lot easier to make money, I think, right? And then they were like, well, we're not going to do advertising or whatever it was. Well, and that's like with so all now companies like as they get bigger though, right? They're I don't like, know. Okay, I'm we just, were giving a- I feel like you can't keep – It's not. it seems like it's not sustainable to keep paying these people to do things like – I don't know. Well, the thing is is that I think it is sustainable for the companies because they already have enough money that they could probably pay out way more, but they just want more money. So they renegotiate the terms so that creators keep getting screwed over. And this isn't just with like YouTube, but like Instacart. I mean, Instacart used to be a super kick-ass job. Like you could make so much money. And as they got more popular and started making more money, they started paying the contractors less because they could. (laughs) So it's like the, the problem is that the people at the top don't have any morals because they only want more money or maybe they used to have morals and now they just have, you know, they're rotten inside because of capitalism. I don't know. But like, you know, we need to have that point where someone can like make enough money and then also not want to keep it all and screw everyone else over. You know, like this happens in so many different industries when companies get bigger and I've seen it happen, you know, when even like when restaurants get bought out, you have this restaurant who had, who got very popular based off of their really good food. And now a corporate company comes in there because the owner of that company can get a little payday and like go fuck off and like start another restaurant. That's like a passion project. Meanwhile, that other company is being, you know, destroyed by cheaper products and all that stuff. I've seen that happen so many times. Yeah, same. Sorry, I'm so good at ranting right Happens now. Happens a lot. In I'm really time. fired up about this stuff. It's so annoying. <laughs> I know. We're going to take down capitalism tonight. I can feel it. <laughs> I, I think that's where this has been. This is heading there, you know. I'm feeling good about it. <laughs> we, we started an anti-MLM podcast, but now we're just really an anti-capitalist podcast. And um, we're going to save the world, apparently. <laughs> uh, okay. We might cut any of that out who knows (laughs) um anything more topical (laughs) or not that that's not topical well you had mentioned reading some emails was that something the two of you were gonna do together later or did you want to do that now with me i don't have them pulled up so we'll probably read them and add it in um and just piece. Ooh, I just have to tell you, I saw your, I was watching your YouTube video that you posted and I got such a kick out of you. I don't know if it was from like live showings, but you were like, you did like a montage of you showing oils to the camera. Uh, 
Yeah. Oh, that was so good. I was like, no. <laughs> was that from live? I'll like, did you, you save those? Um, well, those are all I was doing in January when we were all like, 2020 is the year. I know what I can feel it. <laughs> oh, no. I started doing the I started doing these weekly videos on Wednesdays called Worth It Wednesdays. And they were just sort of these videos about um, anti-dieting and, and uh, you know, sort of my own journey and whatever I wanted to talk about that week. But I also was using them as a platform to be like each week I'm going to feature one oil. And at the beginning of each video, I'm going to like, I'm going to put the oil on my hands and I'm going to rub it and I'm going to talk about this oil and I'm going to put it up to the camera and show it. And then, you know, I just, once I got out of Young Living, I just kind of awkwardly stopped the videos. And like, I, it's like, like I said, like I, I took everything down that had any of my posts about Young Living. I just kind of quietly got rid of them, but also felt like, you know, should I talk about that? Like, should I speak openly about what happened to me or should I just kind of fade to black like everybody else who, who gets out of these companies and just sort of like, eh, that never happened. Um, and so I just, yeah, I had that idea to like, actually my, my 13 year old daughter helped me cause I, I'm not very good with video editing and she's oh, a savant. Wow. So like, I was like she okay, did all of that editing. Edited, so I'll tell her you good. liked that. It was so good. I was like watching it. I'm like, oh my God, that is hysterical. Cause it reminded me so much of Emma's lives. Like, like it's like product plays. We can put it in the camera and you need to like, like use it or like put it up to your body, like the shirt. But I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, they all do it. It's a thing. It's a I know. Thing. I loved it. Well, yeah. Because there's a sense of like every conversation is if you don't mention the product, it's a missed opp- it's a missed opportunity. And again, like I don't know if that's just being a salesperson in general because I've never really been in sales before. So I don't know if that's just like what it's like to try to sell any product or if that's specific to pyramid schemes and multi-level marketing. But like I always felt like, why would I talk to somebody and not bring up oils? Because that's a, that would be a missed opportunity because there's this idea of like, you always have to be trying. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, I think it's a little bit of both. And then of course they just exaggerate it and make it awful, but it's <sighs> also your lifestyle. So why would you not? Yeah. It's like, why would you talk? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It's all so confusing. There's no answers. We just have to keep trying. Just have to keep trying. Well, anyway, I'm, I, I so appreciate your um, podcast, guys. And I just, I really like your back and forth. And I like, I love your honesty. And I just, you know, it's been, it's really helpful to me when I was listening to it, when I was first coming out. And I just think you have like a really honest, authentic take on like what it feels like. and and. So thank you for starting this. Well, thank you so much. It's really meaningful to hear another human say that, <laughs> you know, and uh, people tell, I don't know, we get emails and stuff and just thank you to everyone. But it's just, I don't know, it's when I was listening to your story, you know, as we were recording, I didn't realize how recent it was that you had left and found our show. So that was kind of touching to me too, to be like, wow, we might actually be helping people. Oh, in real time. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so thank you. It was really a pleasure to to talk with you. It's you such too. a good time. Yeah, me too. And uh, I did listen to uh, we started your podcast, too. And I just was listening to the anti diet stuff, just thinking about all the times that I was on a diet in like, you know, middle school and when it all started and stuff. And I just 
it was really interesting and I had a good time with myself listening to it. So thank you. I'm excited to keep listening. Yeah, I think everybody needs to listen to that because I am kind of like new to the diet culture, but I've watched people go through that too. And I'm starting to realize it. And I've gone through that my whole life. And like my grandma literally just gave me a book called The South Beach Diet. She was like, here, you should try this. I'm like, that's still a thing. But like she's like telling me and I literally had a baby two months ago. And then I listened to your podcast on the way back from her house. And I was like, wait a minute. This is not okay. You know what? I just had a baby two months ago and she's giving me a book already. And like just hearing, you know, what you're saying, it's like, it's, it's bad. Like, <laughs> yes. yes. So, so everyone bad. go listen to Katie's podcast. Tell us one more time at the end. And also just so everyone knows it's K-A-T-Y. So tell everyone again, where to find you and follow you and listen to you. Uh, you can find me at worth it with Katie, K-A-T-Y dot com. And that's my Instagram is at worthitwithkatie.com or not.com. Sorry. Worth it with Katie. And the podcast is called hello body exclamation mark with Katie Weber and Melissa Sacalario. Yay. Well, thank you again. And thank you guys. We'll talk to you soon. I'm sure. And I will look forward to, uh, yeah, just following along with you. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. So this email is from Gretchen, and we wanted to read it because we thought it would give um, a different perspective, and she took her time writing in this story here, and yeah, just give it a listen. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. It says, it gives me hope to hear your podcast and see so much cropping up on the internet again against MLMs. I would like to furnish you with a unique perspective and story rather than repeat facts that I am sure you are already, you are familiar with already. I live somewhere that people absolutely love MLMs. Almost all the moms join them. I feel like an outcast actually owning my own business and having to defend myself and the quality of my products constantly against attackers. Young Living is huge here, doTERRA not so much, but give them time. They're up and coming. So silly how those two companies fight and argue against one another too. They have so much in common. I live in upstate New York. I live in the in the rural rural town I grew up in. We are chronically behind the times here. Hopefully more people will catch on to the fact that MLMs are total nonsense eventually. This was a mill town and the mill shut down. So there are very few jobs here left. Nearly everyone has to travel out of town to the capital district or nearby cities to work. So the appeal to join an MLM is strong. And to say that this is not a community full of intellectuals is an understatement. Easily convinced and swindled. Also, some join not for the money, but for the social aspects and also to give them a purpose in life as stay-at-home moms. Their husbands are the breadwinners, so they can easily feign success in the MLM of their choice. I've been in the business making products with essential oils and selling my own oils and blends and related products for over 10 years. I have always had an entrepreneurial spirit and am a naturally creative, artsy person. But I waited and formulated a business plan for many years instead of just diving into establishing a business. And the first thing I did when I decided that aromatherapy was the route I would take for my company was to take formal classes in learning how to use essential oils safely and effectively. I became certified in aromatherapy and still continue to take professional development classes and learn. I have an independent website with a brick and mortar store when we are not in lockdown, of course and participate in many farmer's markets. 
We wholesale oils, my husband's soaps. We custom design and formulate for other companies and sell on Etsy. We are just shy of 10,000 sales on Etsy. Yeah, anyone and everyone can sign up to sell the oils and even somehow feels the right to act superior to me within minutes of signing up with zero experience in education because their oils are, quote, quote, better. I have to defend myself and the quality of my products constantly. I do my best to focus my energy on productivity and put the negativity behind me as quickly as I can. And of course, I've had not had to face, I have not had a face-to-face encounter hunt for months because lockdown. I've gained many customers from people leaving Young Living, but I have lost many to them too. I introduced brand new people with no experience to essential oils. And the next thing I know, they are trying to sell them themselves. Ugh. In the past, I used my social media page to educate and inform. But as you know, once these people are convinced, there's no changing their minds. Here are some incidents that come to mind. I posted once on the Adirondack Aromatherapy Business Facebook page an article about how a nurse was upset about people coming into the ER with emergency health problems from taking supplements sold by MLM companies. No commentary of my own, just the article. I lost customers, page fans, actual in real life friends, and got tons of comments saying things like the article was, quote, one-sided. The oil MLMs attack me and businesses like mine constantly. I've not posted anything against MLMs since. I have too many customers that are in MLM, so I learned that I have to stay quiet about my opinions or risk losing a lot of business. When I posted about Young Living violating the Lacey Act and being fined for raping rosewood forests and over-harvesting spikenard roots, both threatened endangered plant species, I got everyone makes mistake types of comments. This is a company that invented a seed-to-steel guarantee trademarked by the quality and ethical source of their oil. They also have had their oil independent tested by the public, sent to labs, and been proven synthetic, even thieves that they say is pure enough to ingest. Mm. When I posted poison control statistics about dangers of ingesting essential oils, I got, quote, I know my body. I can make decisions for myself. Thank you very much. End quote. Type comments. The list. I I know. So frustrating. So they feed them to their kids. Right. And spray them all over their faces. (laughs) The list of social media <laughs> the list of social media incidents goes on. All these comments are always the first people to comment made as soon as I post from people I never hear from otherwise. They anonymously follow my page, they're not fans. They just stalk my post and attack when their beliefs are countered. I don't get into debates with these people online ever. Again, they're always convinced their path is the only way. They mock aromatherapists as if we use as if we I don't know why I'm like, my brain is like shutting down <laughs> as if we, with our useless educations are so uninformed and silly concerned about safety when using essential oils. Next, here are some in-person anecdotes of encounters while working directly with the public. I can tell a hun at first glance at this point. They always have a look of total disgust and look at my products as if they were from the devil himself. They never open my tester bottles to smell my my oils as if doing so will poison them. Most people say, it smells so good in here or something like that. Reps and devotees would never dare admit that. They come into the shop, look around as if they think they are anonymous spies on a scouting mission prepared to report back to their team about this god-awful place they found. They will rarely insult or attack me to my face, usually behind my back or nearby within earshot. 
If they are rude enough to do so in some instances, they will tell me something like my oils are adulterated, even though they have, even though I have laboratory reports that prove their authenticity available for anyone to see. I have overheard three countless. Oh, what is okay? I've overheard countless comments from passerbys in the hallway or market, such as people like this ruin everything for us, or we are not going in there, or a friend saying something like, I need some oils, and the other responding with all the reasons why they should not shop with me. People also say they cannot shop at my store or someone in their family or friend circle will be mad at them. (laughs) Young Living has elaborate ways to convince global people that they have not only the best oils, but the only real oils in the planet to justify their high cost, when in reality, we're all getting our oils from the same suppliers and farms. You can look up their import and export records easily online. They promote unsafe practices and encourage overuse of oils so that reps can sell more oils. People come to me with comments like, my daughter gave me a thieves set. How do I use it? They do not seem to realize how insulting it is to have Someone who used to buy your thieves type blend to do something like that. It's the perfect setup because if you call them out on this type of behavior, you have just insulted their daughter, friend, family member, etc. According to so many people over the years, my products are not good enough, but my advice is, what kind of sense does that make? I see this online a lot. Reps go to aromatherapist social media pages to ask things like what oils are safe for pets How much oil do I need to make X product? The list goes on. There is a ton of dirt on the internet on Young Living and their founder with his cult figure status. I can send you links to do a Google search and find the real information, of course, under tons of Young Living ads. The founder died recently. His godlike status is truly cemented in the minds of his minions. This is like exactly what we were talking about. (laughs) Reps are extremely aggressive and sales trained to be so. They encourage... Uh, parentheses, bully people to sign up for their subscriptions, essential rewards, so that you have such an overabundance of oils that you have no reason to buy anywhere else, even if you have a good, measurable, good, reasonable price alternative elsewhere. They trademark every little word and phrase, even if it is a hundred years old recipe that every herbalist and aromatherapist knows and uses, such as four thieves. They have huge teams of lawyers and government clout, too, it seems. So legally tiny companies such as my own do not stand a chance against this giant. There have been multiple lawsuits against them recently for being pyramid schemes, but I don't know if these lawsuits have gone anywhere or can go anywhere. There have been several videos and websites from credible sources, suppliers, chemists, depositions in court about the evils the company has done and the lies that they have told and promises they have broken. These videos always get taken down swiftly. And then she says, please contact me if you have any questions or ideas on how I can help your mission. You're so brave and you should be super proud of your achievements. Again, I'm happy to dig up some links for you. Best wishes and have a happy weekend. So, yeah. I mean, just so much of what was said in our talk with Katie, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally know what she's talking about with that the nurse article that like went viral around Facebook. Really? Yeah, it was like this nurse that like people give or she takes 
she was basically explaining like when they ask you what you're taking or you, do you have any medications or whatever? And people don't think of or think to tell them that because it's like a natural supplement or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they're having all these problems and they can't get a real diagnosis because people are consuming all these like weird things. Yeah, that's so interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, so thank you so much, Gretchen. That was great. Thanks for sharing all that. Um, hopefully we did everyone justice. Get your story out. Let us know if you guys have any questions or anything. Send us more stories, whatever you think is relevant, whatever your experience is, is what we want to hear. Um, just so we can share different perspectives, because I think that's how people really, you know, learn, get help is to like, yeah, learn that we're not alone too. you know, like, so many of these stories are so similar. And that doesn't mean that we should stop talking about it. Because every time I see a story, I'm like, Oh, yeah, that happened to me too. And it might be like something different that I hadn't thought about before. But I think that every little piece of like validation and like, it's just amazing to keep hearing people come forward and just how bad it is. Cause I think that that's the problem is people don't think it's that bad because no one really talks about it, but it's just like with any other type of like, you know, depression or mental health, anything really, it's like, we don't really know how to talk about it. So we only know how to talk about it in a way that's like small because we've been taught to minimize it. So it's like, wait a second, if we actually dig into it, like there's a lot of messed up stuff. Yeah like so much and it's okay to talk about it. Like talking about it doesn't make it happen again. Like it could be scary and like feel like it, but like we got to try, I guess. I don't know. What do I know? I don't know anything. This is not advice. Please don't. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You're saying. Mm -mm. (laughs) No, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, Let's talk. I just want to talk to people. Will you, will you be my friend? Will you be our friends? Oh, you crazy girl. Do you think I should not uh, ask pe- for friends on a podcast? Is that, is that not no, what podcasts are No, I think that's a for? great idea. I mean, you, you could find us on Twitter, maybe. I don't know if you should, but you probably could. <laughs> And then uh, don't forget, there's a Patreon now. You could give us money. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And we're going to work on our so, second Patreon episode about water. Yes. Oh, wow. It's going to be about water. water. I think we might get canceled. Why? Because we're going to talk about how much we like good water. Oh, is that something to be canceled over? <sighs> Well, no, I'm just... I thought we'd get canceled over, like, the, um, don't have a gender reveal. Well, that's what I'm saying, is, like, you could just say whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we're gonna get canceled over way more (laughs) things than water. Right, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, of all things, this is gonna be the one. You know what I mean? It's gonna be this one, I bet. Because it's just, why would it be? Oh, gosh, I wish that we had the rights to Zoolander. Do you remember the movie Zoolander? (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember Zoolander? Like, oh, do you? Okay. How could you not? Okay, so there's like that Is one this commercial. Is a center for ants? <laughs> okay, okay, so we're on the same page. 
I don't know if you caught my Twitter joke, but on Zoolander, <laughs> he's on a he's on he's a merman, and he's like, water is the essence of life. Life oh. is the essence of water, and then he like swims off like a mermaid, and then he goes like merman. No. No, I'm laughing because I do remember, but I didn't catch your Twitter joke. You're you're too good on Twitter for me. Like it's uh it just goes right above my head most. I don't of the time. think anybody really gets me. It's okay. It's fine. No, that's the best way cuz I feel the same way and I think people like it. So you're, you know. I, I mean, haven't what figured I out if I'm funny or not yet on Twitter. It doesn't seem like oh, I'm not getting any great tell. reviews. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it here first. Um should we tell people what our handles or oh, the at? I don't know. Do we do that? I think, I mean, uh, it's just our names, right? Oh, well, no, mine is, mine is, uh, how do I, how do we talk about ourselves in a way that is normal? Is this okay? <clears throat> what? No, mm-hmm. um, no, I'm just being really weird. You're being so weird. I'm like, so confused we start over (laughs) should we cut all that should we just should we get katie back on here (laughs) katie why'd you have to go katie please we need you (laughs) you talk so much better (laughs) (laughs) oh man Why did she leave us alone, though, with our own devices? Why would she do that? (laughs) This is all, it's all her fault. (laughs) She's going to listen to this and be like, um. (laughs) I don't know if this is going to make it in there. (laughs) 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 The end of the, okay, well, you, okay, this is a theory. You don't think that people listen to the end of the episode. (laughs) Katie, if you're listening to the end of the episode, please let us know. (laughs) Please come back and help us. (laughs) We need a we need a follow. Just kidding. Uh, Okay. We can do this. Okay. Oh, do you think we got this? Just the two of us. (laughs) (laughs) Just the two of us. We can't make it if we try. All right, should we just cut it? Okay, bye.